these thoughts and feelings that so many stepmoms have of like, well, what about me? What about our life? You know, what about what I want? What about our experiences? These thoughts, these feelings that so many stepmoms have are more common than most people actually know. And, you know, over the years, I've realized that beneath those questions that so many of us have had in the past and so many of us will have in the future, these questions of like, well, will our experiences still be special to you? Or why am I being robbed of a life that I've wanted since I was a little girl. Where would you take your life if you knew you could not fail? I get it. As a stepmom, mom, and entrepreneur, sometimes it can feel like what everyone else expects of you versus what you dream about for yourself are on opposite ends of the spectrum. As a woman, you're taught from a very young age what society thinks you're worth based on how you look, how you behave, and how much money you're allowed to bring in. But I'm here to show you that you can be the woman who has it all, and not just on the outside. I'm Brittany Lynch, and you are the queen of your castle. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Queen of Your Castle podcast. I am your host, Brittany Lynch. Uh, Thank you for being here. I'm so excited you're joining me here today. Today's episode is about a question that I get asked all of the time. So before we get into it, uh, I hope that you are doing well. I hope that you are getting so excited for the free five-day virtual challenge that I'm hosting really soon uh, because I know I am sure getting excited. I've been talking to a few of our members inside of the Stepmom Story and they are excited to get started again since we've had a little bit of a break from coaching. And, you know, all around life has just been really, really exciting and really amazing lately. So if you still need to get on the wait list so that you can participate in our five-day virtual challenge and work on making some serious progress in your stepfamily relationships in less than a dang week, then make sure that you go to the website bit.ly slash queen waitlist. That's bit.ly slash queen waitlist. You can register there. I'll also put the link to register inside of the show show notes because you are not going to want to miss this challenge. You know, I would usually charge almost $500 for this training. And for this week that I'm hosting it for free, you're getting to go through it for absolutely free. So if you want to see some improvement in how you relate to your stepkids, or how you connect with your spouse, or how you feel about your stepfamily in general, or how to care less about your partner's ex, then go ahead, jump onto that wait list. Bitly dot, I mean, bit dot L-Y, B-I-T dot L-Y slash queen wait list. Link in the show notes. Okay, so now, even though life has been really exciting and really amazing lately, I do have a confession to make. A couple of weeks ago, I got tripped up and I fell into some old thought patterns that used to honestly consume me 
when I was a miserable old stepmom. Uh, and that what happened last week or a couple weeks ago is, you know, perfect timing for this episode coming out. So I'll, I'll let you know more about, you know, what I got tripped up on in a minute. But first, I want to talk, I want to talk about the good old days or the old days, maybe not so good. So, you know, back in, back in those days, in the early days, in the miserable days of my stepmom life, you know, in the uphill both ways of days of my stepmom life, I believed something that so many other miserable stepmoms out there also believe. And one of the common experiences that we have is that for a lot of us, we believe things like, well, my partner has already had a child. Therefore, if and when we have a bio baby, that won't be as special to my partner. My partner's already had a wedding, right? Therefore, my wedding will not be special. My partner's already gone house hunting with somebody else. They picked out their dream home and I never got to pick out that house. Maybe it's more complicated than that, okay? Maybe it's where your partner has already been married or already had a child and because of that, never wants to be married or have another baby again. So what happens for a lot of us is that in some way, shape, or form, deep down inside, we really feel like we have been almost robbed. And for a lot of us, that weight of our partner's past can feel really heavy. And even if things are really good for the most part and we love our partner so much and we're so grateful for the most part for our lives, it's like we have this little nagging voice and we can never seem to get out from under that weight long enough to really enjoy the present moment. But let me tell you right now that the reason I am on this side of the microphone is because I spent a lot of days being weighed down by thoughts and feelings on repeat, on a loop, that I had been wronged, that I'd been wronged in some way by my partner's past choices. So if you're feeling this way, then trust me, I freaking get it, sister. And if you're anything like me, then you also probably know that this isn't something you can just get over, right? You can't just get over it or you would have already, wouldn't you? You know, I remember one time uh, my husband Seamus was showing me his collection. He had this collection of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys, figurines that he got when he was a kid. So he's showing me this amazing vintage toy collection of his and then going on and on about, you know, how special these toys were to him and how happy he was to have saved his collection so that he could pass this collection on to my stepson to his son, to his firstborn son. 
And I remember vividly the feeling that I got. I remember, you know, feeling a lump, like a tightness in my throat and a hot, flushed kind of tightness in my chest and my stomach, my face getting flushed. And I was thinking inside of my head, I couldn't enjoy the toys that he was showing me because I was thinking in my head, you know, well, what if we have a baby, right? Doesn't our baby get anything? Or have you already given your first son everything, everything you have to give? So I couldn't even, you know, I couldn't even be, pretend to be excited that he'd saved this toy collection for 30 years because of what I had stem up story girls, made it mean about me. So these thoughts and feelings that so many stem moms have of like, well, what about me? What about our life? You know, what about what I want? What about our experiences? These thoughts, these feelings that so many stem moms have are more common than most people actually know. And, you know, over the years, I've realized that beneath those questions that so many of us have had in the past and so many of us will have in the future, these questions of like, well, will our experiences still be special to you? Or why am I being robbed of a life that I've wanted since I was a little girl. And beneath these really big and really important questions seems to be, at least for some, if not most of us, it seems to be this unspoken or spoken fantasy of wishing that we had met our partners first, right? Like I wish I had met my partner before their first marriage or before their first child, because if I had, then I wouldn't be dealing with a household I have no control over or over an ex-wife who wouldn't know a boundary if Amazon dropped it off on her doorstep. And, you know, beneath these big and really important questions seems to be these fantasies of like, if I had met my partner first, then I would have gotten to pick out my dream home with them. Or we'd be able to move across the world to my dream location by the ocean. Or we'd be able to celebrate together the first time that I took a positive pregnancy test. Or I'd be the only woman he'd have ever said, I do. And if I'd met my partner first, then all of this bullshit wouldn't be casting a shadow on my life. If I had met my partner first, then I would already be living my happily ever after. Now, beneath these big questions, beneath these fantasies of meeting your partner first, is actually something, surprise, surprise, much deeper rooted. And you know, you know me and you know, or if you know me, you would know that I love to tug on those roots, right? I like to get to the source of the problem instead of just slapping a Band-Aid on the symptom. 
Now, there's a very, very important distinction here. And if what I've said so far has been resonating with you, then it will probably serve you to pay attention to what I'm about to say. So a great number of unhappy stepmoms who I've met over the years, including myself in the past, seem to carry this deep-rooted belief that your stepfamily relationships are the cause of your unhappiness or dissatisfaction with the current state of your life. I'm going to say that again because it's really important. Um, So if you're not driving and you're taking notes, I'll say it again for you. If you are fantasizing about wishing that you'd met your partner first, then the root cause of that is actually buried inside of a belief that your stepfamily relationships are the cause of your unhappiness or dissatisfaction with the current state of your life. Okay. So for example, you know, if it wasn't for my stepchild's temper tantrums, then I would be happy. If it wasn't for my partner's child support or spousal support arrangements, then I would feel taken care of. If it wasn't for my partner's wimpy parenting, then my stepkids would be more tolerable. If it wasn't for my partner's ex, then I'd be living my happily ever after. And if we tie all of these up with a bow, if I had met my partner first, then none of these stepfamily relationships would exist. And if none of these stepfamily relationships existed, none of these things would be my freaking problem. And if none of these things were my freaking problem, then I would be happy. But you might already know that this belief is a really hard place to live inside. You might already be starting to realize that the consequences of holding on to this belief that all of your problems would be non-existent if you had met your partner first, holding on to this carries big consequences. Like, let me ask you this and be honest. You don't have to be honest with me, but you're going to be honest with yourself, right? What is it costing your mental and your spiritual and your physical health to be under that kind of stress all of the time, wishing that your life was different than it actually is, but feeling powerless to do anything about it. You know, studies have shown that being unhappily married or unhappily common law results in people getting sick 35% more often. So 
if I say 35%, most people are like, okay, yeah, cool, fine. That's whatever. So I'm going to make this a tangible example by turning this into a dollar amount just to illustrate what 35% more often being sick is costing you. Okay. So for the sake of this example, let's just say your health is equal to working 40 hours a week at 52 weeks a year, making $50 an hour. So that works out to $104,000 a year. So 40 hours a week, 52 weeks a year, $50 an hour. That means your full health is equal to $104,000 a year. So let's say that being in a happy relationship is our baseline. This is $104,000 a year. Now, if you are sick for 35% of that time, because you are in an unhappy relationship, or in an unhappy household, i.e. E. step family dynamics that are making you unhappy and stressed out. If that is causing you to be sick 35% of the time, 35% more often, that works out to be $36,000 spent in sick time. 36400 for those of you who are checking my math. So instead of $104,000 a year in a happy relationship, now you're down to $67,600 a year when you're unhappy about your step family relationships. And you know, even maybe, and that's, that's every year, right? That's every single year. So what's that costing you over 10 years, right? That's $300,000 in sick time over 10 years. So even scarier than that, even scarier than that cumulative effect of being sick 35% more often every single year for the rest of your life or until you do something about it, even scarier than that, being in an unhappy relationship has been found to shorten your life by more than four years. So let me ask you again, what is it costing you to stay stuck in a place where you believe that the only way you can be happy is to go back in time and meet your partner first? What is it costing you over time to be slowly, slowly, slowly or quickly pulling away from the intimacy and the connection in your step family relationships, whether that's with your spouse or your stepkids or yourself? What is it costing you to pretend that everything is okay on the surface when you know now that this might be causing you to be getting sick 35% more often? Now I'm going to ask you another question. If it was true that you would be happy if you had met your partner first, if it was true that the answer to all of your problems would be a time machine to take you back however many years to intercept your partner meeting their child's other parent, that the secret to everlasting happiness is to partner up with somebody who doesn't have kids from a prior relationship and had never been married before, okay? 
then wouldn't it also be true that everyone who partnered up with someone who didn't have kids from a prior relationship, wouldn't it be true that those people would all live happily ever after? The simple fact that your partner's relationship with their child's other parent did not work out is literal proof that being child-free and never married is not a prerequisite or a determining factor of having a successful, happy relationship. And if you've ever been in a serious relationship before meeting your partner and that ex-partner of yours had never been married and never had children, then ask yourself why that relationship didn't work out. If all it's going to take for you to be happy in a relationship is to tick off two boxes that say, never been married, check, never had kids, check, then our world and your life would probably look very, 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 very different. And even if, even if we remove this example from your life specifically, I want you to ask yourself, Has there ever been a time that you've known a couple who were, you know, high school sweethearts, who got married, had a couple of kids, who everyone thought were going to be together until the end, only to be shocked when the couple announced that they were getting a divorce? Has there ever been a time that you've known a woman, you know, a friend, maybe a sister, a family member, a celebrity? who was her spouse's first wife, who was not a stepmom, but still ended up completely miserable in her relationship. I mean, I know I know a few, like probably almost certainly that you can think of one or two. So it's really not a matter of being unhappy because you didn't meet your partner first. It's a matter of the fact that step-family relationships actually amplify our insecurities. And they basically expedite, they speed up these issues we'd be having eventually down the road in a relationship with someone who didn't already have kids. What step-family relationships do is hold a magnifying glass up to all of those old battles we've had with our own self-worth and our own self-love for as long as we can remember. All of those ways that your stepkids trigger you or your partner annoys you or your partner's ex makes your blood boil, all of those things were already there inside of you before your stepfamily came along. And something I've come to realize and something that my clients inside of the stepmom story have come to realize and something that any happy stepmom has come to realize is this. Your stepfamily is not responsible for the way that you feel. The people in your step family, what they're doing is they're bringing out, they're pointing out old wounds 
inside of you that still need to be healed. They're bringing out all of these old wounds out of hiding and into plain view in a way that you can't ignore what needs to be healed for one more second. What a gift it is to be a stepmom. What a gift it is to be put inside of a family situation that is handing you the items that you need to heal on a silver platter. Your step family is literally a ticket to physical health, emotional health, spiritual health, to letting go of all of that shit in your past that still is hurting you. What a gift it is to be a stepmom. And you know, to go down the rabbit hole here a little bit, because you know, if you're anything like me, you're probably a skeptic. That's okay. I'm a skeptic too. Um, but you know, when I when I say your step family didn't put these things here. Okay. I'll take you down the rabbit hole to show you how this what this means to me in my life at least. So during the time that I believe that my life would be better if I'd met my husband first, which we now know is not a true belief. But during that time, I also used to hold on to this belief that my husband never chose me, that my husband wouldn't choose me, that my husband didn't choose me, that he didn't choose me first, right? He'd choose me eventually, but he wouldn't choose me first. And I believed that because I believed that his old life was more important to him than I was. So the next phase in my healing journey, that was the starting point. The starting point was believing my husband never chooses me. My husband chooses everyone else before me. Okay, that was the that was in the darkest place. The next phase in my healing journey, I really came to terms with and even learned to admire my husband for his integrity and the value that he placed on his role as a dad. Okay, I still would get kind of feel kind of annoyed and triggered and stuff by the fact that, you know, sometimes he would have to choose his son rightfully, but it would, at the time it would still bother me. Um, but I, I began to see it from a kind of a different level and say, you know what, I'm so glad to be married to a man who doesn't abandon his responsibilities to his child. Cough, my dad, cough, cough. Right. And then the next phase in my healing journey I came to terms with and even learned to admire him for the fact that he didn't screw his ex-wife over. That he really, really, really supported his ex-wife financially. Because I realized that the way to have more is not by taking away from somebody else so that they have less. And it wasn't until much later on, until I had peeled many layers of the onion in my healing journey, that I realized something. That I had the epiphany. That I finally got to the root 
of why I believed in the first place that my husband never chose me first. And when I finally got to that root, I realized my husband, Seamus, was not the first man I had been in a relationship with who either couldn't or wouldn't choose me. Historically, I've dated a long line of emotionally unavailable men or men with substance abuse issues or abusive men or men who just would not commit. A long line of men who couldn't or wouldn't choose me. So by the time that I met Seamus, that was the belief that I had about men, that men never choose me, right? Seamus was never, Seamus was not responsible for that. And ironically, Seamus did choose me, but I was convinced that due to all of his other obligations, that he was not choosing me and no one ever chooses me and everybody I love always leaves. But all Seamus was doing for me, all he was actually doing was holding up a mirror and a magnifying glass for me. And when I say that my stepfamily has been the single biggest blessing, my single greatest catalyst into a lifetime of growth and healing and peace and expansion I sincerely mean it. If it was not for my stepfamily, I would have carried on, you know, selecting men who didn't, didn't, couldn't, wouldn't choose me. And more likely than not, I would have ended up as a high conflict bio mom to some poor stepmom somewhere. So the world works in mysterious ways. Now, let me circle back to what I had kind of mentioned at the beginning of the episode when I said that I got tripped up a couple of weeks ago. Uh, And if you hear any stomping or screaming, the household is up. So the dogs and the kids are yelling. So if you hear any, I apologize. Um, But a couple of weeks ago, my husband, Seamus, uh, sent me a message And inside of that message was a real estate listing for an acreage just outside of Edmonton where we live. And now the fact that he had sent this real estate listing to me was surprising for a few reasons. One of those reasons being that my husband is the logical half of our pairing. And I am the emotional part. I am the emotional half of our pairing. Hashtag Pisces. So usually I am the one fantasizing about buying real estate in Costa Rica or buying a bed and breakfast on a mountainside somewhere by the ocean. And to be honest with you, almost every single month, you know, I I search real estate listings and I look at the most expensive listings on the market and I just imagine myself inside of those multi, multi, multi million dollar homes sitting and having a coffee, right? It's part of what I do. (laughs) 
So the fact that my husband now was the one sending me a real estate listing for a really nice acreage, this was surprising to me, okay? Because usually I'm the one, I'm the dreamer, okay? And now we've had, my husband and I have, have had a few conversations in the past about selling our house, but Logical Seamus has always been firmly planted in the no way, not now, maybe in 10 years camp. Okay. And I, th- something that I think only a stepmom would get is that I had no part in choosing the house that we live in. And quite honestly, for a long time, I believed that I would never, ever, ever, ever in a million years have chosen this house. If my husband and I went house hunting together, there is no way, no how I would have chosen this house. And for a long time, I didn't just dislike living here. I hated it. And I sound like a spoiled brat by saying that I didn't hate, I didn't hate having a home. I hated what the house meant to me. But slowly over the years, you know, we've painted and changed the flooring and done some upgrades and I've thrown away some pictures that triggered me and, you know, you know the deal. But it took me a long time for this house to feel like home. It took me a long time before Seamus's house felt like our home. So when Seamus sent me that real estate listing a couple of weeks ago, you know, I got super excited and I thought, finally, we can pick out a house together. We can go house shopping. Like how exciting is this? Finally, we can live somewhere that I want to live. You know, finally we can do something that an air quote normal couple does. But within 24 hours, not even 24 hours, the logical part of my husband's brain turned back on and my house hunting dream was squashed. And so now maybe you can relate to the emotions that I might have felt in that time. You know, I was like, I snapped my fingers and all the ways that I used to feel about the house we live in now, all those things came back with a vengeance, right? Like I snapped my fingers and all of a sudden, poof, I'm back in the dark place, feeling like my life is never fully going to be my life. And imagining what my life would be like if I'd met my husband first, you know, feeling sorry for myself, jumping back into into victim mentality. However, the beautiful thing about all of the growth and healing work that I've done, combined with all of the growth and healing work that I do with other stepmoms on the regular, is that I'm pretty quick to be able to get out of the dark place now. Okay, I've exercised my way through the step queen steps enough that my steps muscle is pretty well developed. And I'm grateful that I can do what I need to do so that I can get to the other side of those hiccups fairly unscathed and without creating too many casualties in the process. And even better is that when those hiccups happen now, I see them as opportunities. So I can honestly say that even though it was uncomfortable to be back there, right? Even though it was uncomfortable to be poofed and back back into the early days of my stepmom feelings, 
I was super grateful for the experience and even more grateful, I think even more grateful to be humbled. I was humbled by being dropped off somewhere in the past. Like no jokes, speaking of time machines, like it was literally like I stepped into a time machine and all of a sudden I felt like I did six years ago. And sometimes when things are going really well, it's easy to fall into this belief that's like, well, I've officially won at this game of life and everything's going to be tickety-boo, smooth sailing from here on out. But something I've realized is that just because I live, I literally live and breathe this work. I literally live and breathe how to make Stephanie's as high functioning and peaceful and happy as possible. I live it and I breathe it. But just because I live it and I breathe it does not mean that I'm somehow granted immunity from continually having to practice the steps in my own life. You know, I'm not somehow granted immunity from ever having conflict in my stepfamily or ever having moments that I feel like life's not being very fair. And if anything, this experience reminded me of where I came from and reminded me that the work I do on myself and inside of my stepfamily is never going to be done. There's no such thing as just waking up one day and having a perfect stepfamily and a perfect life. We're humans. Humans are messy. A stepfamily is an ecosystem, a living, breathing ecosystem made up of perfectly imperfect, messy human beings who are all doing the best they can with what they've got. And sometimes all it can take is one freaking real estate ad to throw off that balance, to throw off that ecosystem. And honestly, this is, this is one of the biggest reasons that I chose to make the stepmom story a lifetime program. You know, once you're in the stepmom story, you're in for life because life is not static. Our stepfamilies are not static. Our stepfamily ecosystem is not static. It's always changing and evolving and developing. And stepmoms need each other, you know? We need each other inside of the stepmom story. We've got to stick together and we've got to feel like we always have a place to come home to. When we don't want to be in our home, we have to feel like we have a place to come home to with other women who get us and who know that we can all lean into our community at any time that we need in whatever season that we're in in our lives. And you know, the fact that you're still listening to this means that you're probably looking to lean into some kind of support for wherever you are in your journey, in your stepmom journey, wherever you might end up on your stepmom journey. I want you to know I've got you. We've got you. Welcome home. I hope this episode got your wheels turning and showed you just how powerful you are. I would invite you to take 30 seconds and tap subscribe to this podcast. When you subscribe to the podcast, then rest assured you will never miss an episode. And in no time, spinning your wheels will be a thing of the past. Thank you for listening and subscribing. And if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the absolute world to me if after you subscribed, you jumped on over and left me a five-star review and better yet, a written review. 
I am on a mission to let every mom and stepmom know that you can create the life of your dreams. And I need your help to change the world. The world needs us. Thank you so much for subscribing and leaving me a five-star review. I will see you next week, same time, same place. For more behind-the-scenes action and to get really up close and personal with me and our beautiful step family, jump on over to Instagram and follow me at the step queen. Don't be shy. Send me a DM. Tag me in your posts. Tag me in your stories. Let me know what you're up to and what about the podcast has been blowing your mind. I cannot wait to get to know you better and Instagram is my jam. I love you so much. I love you so much. Make it rain, girlfriend. <laughs>